Hello and welcome to another episode of the 158. Today we have on one of our good buddies, James Cauley. We had initially recorded the podcast Friday night after a round of golf, but due to some weather, we cut that short and split it into two parts. Both parts will be included in today's podcast. Before we throw it over to the interview, here's a couple words from one of our sponsors, the Helping Heroes Heal Foundation, and also an opportunity for any of our listeners in Ontario. Helping Heroes Heal Foundation is a not-for-profit organization that unites and empowers our nation's injured heroes through their favorite outdoor activities, sport, and adventure. The Helping Heroes Heal Foundation is proud to present their first major event of the year on August 20th, 2020 at Victoria Park Valley Golf Club in Puss Lynch, Ontario. The event includes a round of golf, lunch on the course, prizing opportunities, a raffle, silent auction, and dinner following the round in support of the Helping Heroes Heal Foundation. For more details on both the event and the foundation, head to helpingheroesheal.ca. Why don't we switch it up for a change? I'll welcome James to the show. Why, why don't we have James introduce himself for a change? Oh my god. Whoa. Whoa, JC. JC getting the intro. Only if you do. Uh, um, uh, listen, so yeah, no, I'll, I'll make it real simple. Uh, <laughs> my name is James Colley. Uh, I'm sure in this you may hear some parts, but grew up as an uh, army brat, uh, mother, father, both in the military for long careers and distinguished careers and uh, serve myself and uh, now work my best to make sure that nobody falls in the same potholes I fell into when I drove down the road. So you mentioned the military brat thing. We haven't had anyone on yet that has spoke on what it's like to grow up as you said military brat quote unquote. What is that experience like? Because even myself being in the military i don't know for sure like from the time frame that i was in i was young so i didn't really know i didn't hang out with the families let's put it that way i was hanging out with the other guys that were 21 22 years old having lots of fun right um Uh, can you let people know what that's well i wouldn't even i wouldn't even say that it uh that it really went to like the 21 year old age right when i was young i used to move uh every couple uh, years, even every year sometimes, right? And I went from Petawawa to Borden to London to Trenton to back to Winnipeg twice. I was I was actually born in Cornwallis, so like that used to be the the actual like basic training. The Saint John of uh, of, of, then, of the eighties, yeah. yeah, right? So uh, to that effect you know, I, I grew up with military bred in my family. I knew where I was going anyway, even though I took a little bit of time to get there. Uh, I knew where I was going. And uh, it was an experience because, you know, you go and you go to these places and, you know, sometimes it's only a year that you're there. So as much as you can play hockey or be involved in the school and whatever else, you know that you're going to move. So you're you're very much like chameleon-like, which actually helped me later on in my career um, in the military. But like as a child, you learned that you were going to have to make new friends. So you always had to kind of have this like 
optimism. Hopefully that the next place is better than the one you were in, I guess. Which is kind of funny, right? So, <laughs> And Musha. Musha's not very good. Everybody who's out there listening knows that. <laughs> well, I, you're saying that like anyone in the military is looking for the next best thing. I think it's an infantry thing that you're talking about. I, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure people in board are I, just You know what? I got, I got to be honest. As, as my mom being a supply tech and I grew up uh, most of my life with my mom, uh, unfortunately, like just because of circumstances, I didn't live with my dad. But she was a supply tech. So it actually, like for me, it gave me that other kind of uh, uh, perspective of the supply trades that there's eight people to actually support one inventor, right? Pay clerk, you know, a cook. You know, I, I've met cooks, you know, who it's just unreal. So I always had that uh, value of other things and I was not always saying it was about me but when I was a kid though it was all about me <laughs> when I was a 15 year old kid and I had to had to move from one high school to another yeah I was pretty pissed <laughs> but I'm still uh, very much intrigued on the people who don't have that right don't have that family business kind of thing to the to the military that joined so for me I see you as sitting on the other side who never had anything and you just joined. Like, that to me is just we've talk, a... We've talked about that before. Like, yeah. uh, it's interesting to me because most people in anything in, soci in our society seems to follow their parents' footsteps. Like, if you look at relationships, more times than not, you see, like, a doctor and a doctor together, or a lawyer and a lawyer. Like, something... It's never, like... It doesn't seem like it's, you know, a construction worker and then a lawyer. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It's kind of like it, it transitions into that. However, being in, from the military, I would imagine growing up in that atmosphere, you wouldn't want to go into that. Um, but you still did. So I look at it the same way where it was like you saw that it's not the best lifestyle and you still went into that. <clears throat> There's definitely some negatives, right? You had both ends happening too because you had the clerk's side on your mom's side, but on your dad's side, he was airborne. Infantry. Airborne. Yeah. You know, fever. airborne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, hey, listen, my dad's out there, and if he listens to this, he'll know. He's he's very proud of that, and like for him, uh, I I'm very proud of him too, right? I was actually supposed to be in three VP Jump Company when I went to Wainwright, so like I was going to actually significantly follow those footsteps, right? But at the same time, I still understood the other side of it, right? Like there's there's uh, the support. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there who are doing a lot of things to make sure that you're in the right state of mind, that you're not thinking about anything, right? And, and I, you know, even now when I'm out and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing the uh, VTN thing, like Veterans Transition Network and whatever else, right? And how, trying to help people, I still say that. It's like, it, you have to respect things. Like, I remember times when I went into treatment where I thought, who the fuck are these people? There's, you know, I'm sorry I said that, but whatever. But, uh, you know, who are these people who are here in this circle with me to talk about how they feel bad about when they were home or this, that, and the other thing? Then I move to Kingston. I meet a buddy of mine who's back in Kingston uh, reading all the reports of the IEDs that struck all of us when we were over there, right? 
And then it kind of gives you like full circle, right? Where it's like, oh, even the person back here <laughs> cooking, cooking lunch, breakfast, and dinner at the mess, like for the troops back home who weren't supposedly quote unquote, and I'm air quoting right now, and I know nobody can see, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, they're not doing nothing. Well, they are though, right? They are. Everybody's doing their part, right? And so for me, it doesn't matter if I had a family lineage to, to, to serve or you had none. I, I'm, I'm impressed and, and always inquisitive about people who, who join with no knowledge. I was in the cadets. I was in whatever else. And, you know, the, I knew all about it. We went to basic training to show, like, uh, hospital corners and, you know, how to do, shine your boots or whatever else. Like, I imagine people who had no idea. <laughs> Yeah, that was no, me. 100%. Yeah, that, that's I what remember, I'm saying, right? Like, remember, that's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, you didn't know what hospital court no, Not a fucking thing. Are you kidding me? You, I showed up you and... You legitimately took a long walk up the fucking stairs, and you went to the top shelf board, and you di- you dived in head first, not knowing what was in the bottom. Oh, 100%. Like, I remember getting into basic, and then guys who are from the cadet era time or like growing even, up even even reserves, reserves. Yeah, yeah exactly right, right. so yeah, and it's like these guys are showing us how to spit shine boots fold our beds like all this shit and i'm like what the fuck am i doing clearly i have no idea about anything and here i am trying to fit in and it's very intimidating um but as doggy I'll, dog yeah the, it's, from the start to, to get back to you though yeah i uh, i want to ask you well, here, I'll back up and say, I know we know each other very well, so other people listening, I know that you spent most of your time with your mom, and you mentioned that before as well. Mm. <clears throat> what made you want to go and follow your father's footsteps instead of following your mother's footsteps? It's actually a coincidence uh, all in itself. I actually did. Well, there there we go. I, I did. Actually, you mentioned this earlier. Yeah, I, I, did, I, did, I did not actually want to join the infantry. Um, I had a university uh, like uh, education, so um, I actually my plan was to like commission, commission, and actually become a higher rank than both of them. Oh, here we go. I, I and I know that's it's cliche, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Captain Collie. No, but in my Captain in my Casey. in my family, I mean, mom's a chief. Yeah. A female chief. That's just, that's no joke. And God. dad uh, was an RSM in, in, in the in second commando, in two commando. So how do you fill these boots? And when, when I was in, I constantly got the reminder of who my parents were. Believe me. <laughs> yeah. It happened in my basic, which didn't happen in St. Jean. Wait, most people would probably think that going to basic and whoever your instructor is, knowing your father would probably be advantageous. It fucking isn't. No, it is not. Just <laughs> like I, I, I know everybody out there is like, oh, I, I know that. But like for those people out there listening who have no idea, this is not the place to have connections. Connections. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to anything. So, so when I was in basic, we were getting uh, an inspection, and uh, there was a chief warrant officer, female. Uh, I forget her name. Like I'm, I'm sorry uh, that I forget her name. It's a long time ago. 
Um, but uh, she came by, and then when she came by my name, she said, Collie, and she said, Are you, do you know Dee Dee? <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, it's my mom. <laughs> and of course, like, there's 43 other people on my basic course, right? Who are all going Navy, Air Force, and 23 of them are actually going Patricia's. Um, that were all like, What the, like, what the hell? How do you know this person? This also happened again when I was graduating battle school right so I went to battle school and somebody showed up same thing but it's it, yeah it's not an advantage my first my first warrant actually told me that when he was in basic training in Cornwallis he took off and he went AWOL from basic training and my dad let him back in to the course that was my first warrant that, okay, so, <laughs> so that should have been advantageous then it wasn't. No? There's a standard, right? Yeah. They hold you to and It's, it's a, almost like a frat, right? Like, there's yeah, that, that it's like, a different... initiation almost. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. You're still... But you still want that level of, like, you made it through. Um, I, I, I have to agree with you with that. But at the same time, I like to say that it changes. It's just like as if there was people now who are in college frats or something like that. And in in, well, here we are in COVID, right? Like, you know, the, the world's shutting down. But even then was a different era than the 2000s. Was a different era yeah, than, than than the nineteen eighties. It's all, it's all very relative, and like I, I'm sure my parents they, they may be mad they give me a call after this one, but I, I was sure <laughs> that I was actually a byproduct of one too many cocktails at the sergeant's. I mean, I, as another infantier, I can vouch for that. I mean, <laughs> right, no, but, 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 but both These my, things happen. But both my parents are instructors on. Uh, the basic training course in Cornwallis, right? They're, they're, oh, they're, so it adds up. Yeah, yeah, right? And so, it, it, you know, it's, well, I was born in, in August, so you, you look back and you think, ah, oh, yeah, it's winter time, right? Like, yeah, get cuddly and, yeah, and keep it, warm. It, they, There's cheap drinks at the mess, right? Yeah. But we've lost that. We lost that. And I, I remember seeing that actually in my career because when I joined, the mess was still there. What year did you join? Just so people. Uh, it was two thousand. It was just right, right, right before the twin towers. Actually, so like two thousand, early two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, two, early, very, very early, like winter time. Oh, okay. I actually remember going to my light that medicine up. Yeah. <laughs> Matt. Oh yeah. Um. So I remember going to my um. Uh, physical training uh, test. Yeah. So I was in Ottawa. So I'm going to NDHQ actually. <laughs> Funny enough, and uh, I'm I'm there, and actually I'm doing it with a uh, with a female, and I'm like, oh god, I like I'm, I hope I don't do less than her, <laughs> right? Like this is about back in a time where we we we, we didn't times really were different. It. Yeah, it was different. <laughs> and so this is what I get back to. Yeah, like full circle here. Yeah. Um is like everybody looks through a lens of a certain era, right? And when back when I was born, that's what people did in the military. They went out to the mess and there's probably other kids out there like just exactly like me because the other night I was walking my dog in Kingston and met a, met a fairly inebriated woman. At, at about one o'clock in the morning, while I was walking my dog, and she was born in the same town because she's a base brat. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so you joined in two thousand one. We're going to jump ahead here a bit. 
<clears throat> you joined early 2001. Did you get to battalion before the Twin Tower attack, or was it after? No, it was after. Uh, because, like, I was actually I was supposed to go to uh, 3 VB Jump Company, and I actually ended up having, like, I fucking like ran into a gopher hole at Wainwright which if anybody's been to Wainwright is <laughs> this thing this will be like yeah I probably did that too and twist my knee so I couldn't actually stand up for the amount of seconds of the gas chamber so I couldn't I couldn't, I couldn't pass so <clears throat> you get recourse I go oh, to okay. 1VP we got recourse on your battle school yeah so okay. I got recourse because I tore my kneecap, like legitimately, like tore my kneecap so to the side. When did you get to the PPCLA? Uh, would have been, oh geez, probably about June. June, I was there. So the, not, still not the, too long after Twin Towers. It's before. Still, or you just told me that it was after. You said I just said June. Are you like? Do I need to edit this right, like myself or what? <laughs> so you no, get no. in in two thousand and one. So you're getting yeah. In June. It, I'm already June, June two thousand one. Like, like yeah, do you need every day? Because like, <laughs> I, I am I am smoking like marijuana here, right? Like yeah. so, I will. It is kind of neat though, like because you're in and like that happens, like nine eleven happens, and it's like holy shit. But I'm in. We were in at that time, right? It, it, was, was, cra it was crazy. It was great. It was absolutely nuts, right? Uh, people, people are going crazy. They, you know, every we're gonna go to war, right? Blah 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 blah. I heard there was guys sitting on the rucksacks waiting to go. So for people that don't know, I I don't I you know what I I I oh, I, I can't even um, comment to that because I wasn't even at that point. Like I wasn't even. So oh. for people that don't know that, like we have or the military has, the infantry has. What's called an alert locker, like a ready-to-go standby locker. And what I was told was that there was guys, at least had two RCR, that were pretty much sitting on their kit ready to go. Um, so I was just going to ask about that. But yes. But uh, the yeah, answer you're looking, the answer you're looking for is yes. Yeah, that that did happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so, so. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Next question. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, would? Wait, like, so, so if yeah, you want exact dates and stuff, and like, if we're gonna do a chronicle book here, like, we, we, we I want, I want your whole timeline here. No, James. but I'm just telling you right now. It's just so the answer yes. you're looking for is yes. yes. I was just curious. Yeah. Because yeah. I, yes. I, I, I didn't join yes. until 2007. So that's. It's a so long time military years. I, I, <laughs> your I, first tour, though. No, 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 no. Two, uh, two hours is a long time. Yeah, exactly. Two days yeah. is, is a lifetime. Man, I remember two getting... Two years is a century, and, and it's you're gone. Yeah, I remember gone. multiple times being told, like, be on 12 hours notice to move to, like, Africa. I don't know how many times. Like well, I, I went and uh, fought the uh, forest fires in uh, B.C., you did some other stuff too, did you? Oh no, yeah, I think you told me about the forest fires. You have a great yeah. story with the forest fires. Oh my god, my god! So, <laughs> oh here we Wait, go. Wait, do you remember you this year, oh, James, no, or is my, this? Am I troubling here? Oh no, my god, this, <laughs> this is this is beautiful. So, so what year? Well, whenever the forest fires were. All right, get on the Google, guys. Yeah, if yeah. You want to know. I think it's 2003. <laughs> In BC, the forest fires are never ending. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, actually, no, no, Derek. Okay, so like just like <laughs> All right, you, Civvy? just like Pipe just down, Civvy. just like you would say to people in Ottawa, ice isn't really a storm, and they would tell you to go fuck yourself. Uh, I'm gonna say that this was like the worst one. So like Kelowna was on fire. 
Like every like towns burnt to crisp. Like you couldn't breathe outside. I heard it was. Outside. No, it was. There was a smog. There was this. And we were in Edmonton, right? And 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 it was smog would come in, and you could you couldn't even see anything. And so they decide they're going to send the whole. I think. I, and like again, like I you know again a little pink, a little Whitney. Um, is that uh, they sent the whole third division, which is everybody from 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 I think Shiloh over, like a holding platoon. Is that no, 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 the whole division. Division. Oh, the, like the whole okay. thing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like so, it, they were sending two VP, uh, uh, one VP, three VP, everybody, everybody, right? And plus armored, plus artillery. Yeah, you're well. Yeah, anybody who was useful. <laughs> But like, holding platoons and everything went. No, right? no, no. Okay, so oh, you want a good That's story? Where I'm yeah, going. here it comes. Here's the grease. So, so anyway, so we go and do all this forest fighting out in BC. Whatever we were in Vernon, which I know very well because I was a cadet. I'd been there a couple times, so I know Vernon super good. Um, <laughs> but funny you should mention that. So I, I teed. I, I was trying to tee it up here, but I felt we short. go back. We go back to Edmonton, and some of us got a taskings, right? Like, so we got a, a Wayne right or whatever, right? So I got a Wayne right, and, and I'm a driver, and we find a whole platoon of guys who have been in Wayne right for like two months. <laughs> Living at a strip club? <laughs> yeah, just partying downtown. I you know, I know I shouldn't be saying this. Like, somebody's probably gonna. <sighs> it was long enough. So everyone's fighting. So everyone's really... fighting forest fires. No, 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 no. Okay, so you just gotta yeah, under you gotta understand the logistics of this. So like, <laughs> I know people out there are like, James, you're such an idiot for saying this. But okay, so the logistics of this. Is that they sent everybody, even Pat Platoon people, even people who were waiting to get courses in Wainwright, went out to fight the forest fires somewhere in BC. Okay? So we're driving out there, and they're like, who has a 404? And I'm like, oh, I do, right? So obviously I got this fucking HL, and I'm driving down the street, and they're just like, just follow the Can green. you explain what an HL is? Yeah, HL is a big green truck. I don't know why they don't say just like... like a people carrier? No, no, I just don't know why they don't say BGT, like big tree <laughs> truck, because that's all it is. I don't know where HL comes from, but I, I know there actually is an explanation because there's an ML and HL. I, I get it. Everybody's out there. But big green yeah, people carry Exactly, right? <laughs> so anyway, we're driving out there in BC, and they're like, follow like the, the ML in front of you, right, or the HL in front of you. There's legitimately 200 HLs in front of you, and everybody's trying to follow them, and they're all going to different spots in BC, right? Because there's it's burning all over. Uh, yeah, it was it was absolutely crazy out there, absolutely crazy. Get back to the the platoon guys that ended yes. up getting lost. So yes. so so because they had taken everybody in third division i mean legitimately everybody from like probably the cook who used to like wipe the floor at, at wayne right because like everybody was supposed to go but people were still graduating from saint jean <laughs> right so like those in the, guys, the, in yeah, the yeah. forest yeah. fires saint jean didn't stop training people <laughs> they didn't stop training anyone so like they got trained and then sent to these forest fires. They no, no they they went. Right. 
they were sent to Wainwright. Oh, with right? nobody there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I know somebody in log ops. <laughs> that which is logistics. Yeah. I'm, I'm just uh, totally gonna die for this one, right? right your like, mom's like, you fucking uh, threw us clerks under the bus, like, or not like, clerks? Yeah, legitimately supply. threw them under the bus. Um, <laughs> so that, that was 2003, and you guys just let all the new people party with strippers. Is my understanding from this story? No, I gotta tell you something right now. Uh, all right. Out of all the things in my military career, everything, uh, any medal, any achievement, any anything that I ever did uh, the best thing I ever seen was uh, we got like three days off in uh, Vernon and we went downtown and uh, if anybody remembers like the old picture of remember the war is over with the with the sailor kissing the girl down in New York right Mm -hmm. it was legitimately like that they were lined up on the streets and I mean, they were throwing roses and kisses, and like panties were thrown too, right? But like, <laughs> I, 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 mean, big deal. I mean, we were, we were, we were out there in uniform because we didn't have any change of clothes, right? Like we're out there in our car. At that point, you'd be an idiot to put on civilian clothes, anyways. Absorb that shit. Exactly. But like, I, 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 I care anybody who's out there listening to remember this time, like where you went to Vernon. That whole town was taken over. It's a small town. It's not. It's not a big deal. And when like uh, a the whole kid, land division goes, like we're talking about the whole third division, yeah. the whole third division left. Like everybody from Shiloh, or well, was it Winnipeg? I can't remember. But like everybody from from Manitoba over, like we're all going. So like that's pretty early. Armenian, in your, yeah. your career at that point, Afghanistan's still kicking off. It's not like intense at that point. I know we haven't really done much. However, four Patricias have been lost right at the beginning of it. Not, not at that time. Though. You're talking about Nathan Smith. Did you know yeah. Nathan Smith? Well, actually, Nathan Smith is actually from the same hometown that I was born in. So I, so I, I don't know Nathan Smith like that well, but, but in, in a sense, in a there's sense. a connection there. There, there's. A little something, right? Like yeah, and he and like from what I heard, he I think he was a couple courses ahead of me. So, kind of hits home still. Like I remember even being yeah. If a newfie dies, a, a newfie dies, everybody kind of cries, right? Like a Nova Scotian dies, like a guy who's is born in your same valley in the same place, right? Yeah, kind of. Well, even like uh, like with RCR, I remember being in Meaford, and I don't know why. It's not that it it it. it it didn't matter more, obviously, when someone loses their life, but it makes it more real, I guess. When you're like, I'm going to wear that same cat badge, like well, that could be my face, right? Well, and oh, I, we got Wardo calling me. Of- and I got, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I, I would just care to say that is the connection, right? Um, you know, uh, I'm not best friends with Nathan. I, you know, never party with Nathan. I wasn't in Third Battalion, so uh, unfortunately, never happened. But like just to have somebody who you know who is in the same battalion right yeah i'd rather be rcr i'd rather be uh you know comms anything right uh and they lose their life you're kind of like it it, it kind of says that well well you know like this, home, is, this it, is no this is real this it, is this is real closer, this is real this yeah. is real right it's not a joke and even when you're worried about the enemy unfortunately that happened to turn out to be yeah. 
which I happen to see again later on. Like, <laughs> Well, maybe we can uh, jump to your first tour in Afghanistan. What year was that? Well, I would say that that would be 2004. I could talk so to you about Shortly it. after this amazing event, <coughs> like, not amazing, obviously, it was anytime the military is involved, it's usually tragedy. So this fire goes on. However, early on in your career, you get this moment of being in a town where, like, people are praising you pretty much, and you feel probably very patriotic, very proud. And then now you're. When do you find out that you're going to be going overseas? Because there's so usually I, no, a year actually, workout, right? I, I could just, I could just, I, I can kind of give you like the fast guidelines. Yeah. So I came back and in battalion, I uh, went on a mountaineer course. We went to uh, the Rockies. Okay. And we did mountain ops kind of kind of thing. Sounds uh, cool. With uh, B Company. Wait. Uh, what, what's that kind of like? What like what goes on? Uh, well, like course? legitimately, like you just roping. You no, no. Rocks. Well, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. You do, you do the hiking. You do everything. You camp out in the like we camped on the top of Banff. Like it was cold as fuck. And it's I pretty re- cool though. No, I, but I remember the wind blowing. But like later on in my career, that would later come into like really good play. Kind of funny enough. But uh, the the actual warrant, which was the same warrant I talked to you about my dad, that funny story, uh, he was a really mountain kind of guy, right? So it was like we were out doing mountain ops, running up these mountains, doing all this shit, right? So we go on a tour in 2004. What's your, uh, when you go on tour, what's your, like there's battle group, PRT, all that kind of stuff? Uh, it was B Company. Just be company. There was no like, this is your kind of mission. Well, actually, I could tell you the jobs. So, uh, be company, like three uh, platoons, or those out there don't know, right? It's uh, like three different groups with headquarters, and you have the stores and all that stuff. Now, we were at Camp Julian uh, at the time, and we were working in three rotations. So you would do QRF, which is quick reaction force. Uh, any any kind of attack outside of the camp or with any kind of patrol, those uh, people would then react to that. Then you would have uh, the gate guard, and then you would have the... Uh, Patrols, which would obviously be kind of your days off too. So uh, you're having days off. You're also doing a patrol. When you say patrol, like I know from my tour, there's like doing more like security, like food and ammo runs and shit like that. But then we also did when we were at the fobs, though. Then there was like more foot patrols and going in villages, shit like that. What yeah. were your kind of patrols at totally, that point? Totally, totally, totally different. Yeah. Uh, time uh, so poking the, the enemy or no? Uh no, not at all. Although we did have, we did our, our problems actually first time I ever shot a gun. Presence uh, then more presence patrols and yeah, just letting people just, know you're no, there. Hearts and, and, and minds. And Camp Julian, yeah, you know a lot of people say it's a coffee run kind of thing, and I would care to venture very differently <laughs> with them. Um, where we, was Camp Julian? Is that Kabul? Yeah, that's Kabul. Yeah. So, like, right outside of the front gate, there's, like, a whole bunch of old Russian uh, tanks and stuff. So it's, like, surreal, right? 
How big is know. how big is Camp Julian compared to like calf? Oh, that's not it. you're comparing apples and oranges. <laughs> like Cap, legit, Cap is legitimately, like I mean, like with, <laughs> legit, no, no, no. Like, okay, so more like, so there's no airfield the in Kabul. Yeah. <laughs> so like, let's just start there, yeah, right? Calf, no. calf, honestly, calf no. is massive. No, no, no. It, I, I get, I get your get qu- no, you're. It's a great question. It's a great question, and it's just because I already have this stigma because I've been to both of them that I'm doing this, and I'm sorry. You're right. So it is like comparing apples and oranges because when you think about CAF, CAF had its own airfield. It had its own hangars. It had its own presence for I don't know how many countries. CAF was massive. There there was a Tim Hortons. There was a... a Rub and tug? Well, I didn't We brought this up before. Listen, (laughs) all I know is I heard there was a Tim Hortons and, and a Burger King. And I got to tell you, I never was there, but I heard they're there. So that's a true thing. So besides that, you're right. It's a fair question. It's like honestly saying, um, let's take Sarnia, Ontario. Okay. Very small town. It's It's got a good populace. Let's say a, about 100,000 people. That would be Kabul. Whereas Calf would be like the Toronto with Camp uh, Julian, how many was it? Just Canadian? Or no, 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 it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And because uh, that that kind of dictates how I, big I, the camp. And is. I got to be honest with you, I I don't remember all the countries that were there, but yeah. I guarantee there was Norway. Uh, the, the Americans were there, obviously. It's a fair size base. It, oh, it, it was a very nice size base, right? But like it, the Sweet. reason I know how big it is, is because when you were on the gate guard, yeah, part of the gate guard was actually driving around in a quad. Around the whole base, yeah. So you actually got to see it firsthand. Two of you would be on like two quads driving on the outside of the base through this like track that they had made through barbed wire and all this stuff, and everything outside of that was like minefields and like EWs, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you drive outside that outside, and just so everybody knows, EWs, early warning, early warning devices, like like claymores, all sorts of things. But, but like Afghanistan has been littered with mines for years, like twenty years. There's tons of legacy mines to the point that like those those mines, they say that even though it's marked on your map, it, they're probably not there because the sand it's, and just the weather, it'll it, drift it, them. It you is, don't even know where they are. Is, I love that line, legacy mine. It is yeah, move, it is move them. It, it, sometimes half a grid square. Yeah, half like, a grid square. That is yeah. absolutely unfathomable. Imagine like, being out there and being like, oh, we 15, shouldn't go there. However, we're like a little bit <laughs> over turn, and then people are turn, like... Left turn. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, actually, we could be in the minefield because, you know, after all this time with the... Do you need more weed, James? Is this what's going on here? (laughs) Oh, I was wondering. I'll get you. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, needless to say, so, like, it was interesting because, like, I can't can't get, like, detail, detail detail-ish, but a lot of... The camp's closed now. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not talking about that. I'm just... Oh, op stuff? There was stu- there was stuff where there was uh, actual uh, gunfire, right? <clears throat> and uh, because of the ROEs at the time, that person had to be stuck on camp mm. for a month 
wink wink nudge nudge yeah well <laughs> well well having to be scrutinized for the decision that they made right that which, happens a lot wait you, you know, i absolutely which uh uh funny enough like later on on like uh for uh other tours right like that wouldn't even be thought it wouldn't even be even thought of what were like the big moments from that tour that you have like, sorry sorry what, what are like some big events that happened in that tour? okay so i have one big one 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 massive one i think we uh jürgen me me and you have talked about it was um, when you go on the patrols and stuff like that, sometimes you, you're going to the labs all the time, right? Yeah. Sometimes you're going out driving. Now, one time, somebody hit somebody with the lab, and it was unfortunate, and it would happen if anybody... This is the reality any, of it, any, Anybody who has been to Afghanistan... It happens a lot more. Like, there's, there's... People are so close, and they don't care, and they're not smart. scared because... Or no. Smart. They're not. It's not smart. It's scared because they're not scared because since the day they were born, they have lived in this country where they have seen tanks all the time. Mm -hmm. So they're not scared and they just go up to them. Right. But this one time uh, somebody hit somebody and that's like, okay, so let's talk about, you know, like dramatic driver affected. Yeah. Crew commander, everybody. When you say hit, you mean like going killed? How fast? Killed. Yeah, um, but like how like a highway through the city. I think like it, a I think I think we're going about fifty. Hit the spike strips on the side of mm. of of the spike strips. Spike strips are for stopping cars, and it's not like the cops who just throw out this little like pad that's like about three inches. These spike strips are about like six inches on diagonals. You know, yeah, the, they're meant for like when you they're, stop they're, a cord and they're, they're, they're meant they're for stopping. Line. They'll stop a semi truck, probably. I I would say, they're 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 pretty heavy, right? And when it, we have like three of them on the side of the lab, right? Yeah. And then it's easy access for when you stop and cord. And this is see, it's all there. So uh, yeah, so like all over the side, right? So then that affects everybody. So then everybody who's got to come out, everybody's got to come out and cordon off the place because like I got this T triple C course, right? So I'm working on the body. Well, yeah, I'm wor I'm working on what's left of a torso with without a brain, and like that's you know, a little uninteresting in the first time, but it's a little tough. But then all of a sudden they're like, okay, just uh, it's a death, so you know it's it's DOA, so we're just gonna put a blanket over them and like do a cordon, and then like the PR people are coming. Oh fuck! Oh okay, right? Oh yeah, man. Somebody, you know, this Jesus, these guys know what's going on, right? No, <laughs> come out, give these people money. Like I'm. Listen, I, 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 I can count, like, one plus one <laughs> equals two, and I, I get that. But, like, I don't know how to count how many bills were in the stack that went there and, like, came out of, like, a little Ziploc bag, right? But, like, I'm just still, I'm not new to the Army, but I'm still very young to it, right? So, I'm like, what? And after that, guess All what? Good. People were pushing people in front of that. Oh, so... I, ha I have a little story that's similar to that one that I'm not going to share any names or sections None or anything needed. like that. None needed. 
<clears throat> and, and I wasn't there for this one, so this is I hear about this. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a story. Yeah. It's a story. So who knows if it's true or not. Um, a patrol going maybe, from Kandahar that I'm, I may or may not have been in the platoon. They're going over a bridge right outside Kandahar Airfield. And a jingle truck, which is very common over there. And if you don't know what it is, give it a Google because these fucking it's trucks like a, are... It's like a mobile circus fucking almost. circus shanty. <laughs> it looks like a goddamn circus truck. Like the circus is coming through shanty. town. But it's very... It's normal there. And it's a big truck and it's literally got jingly shit all over it. And it looks like Aladdin's carpet on wheels. And so this, this guy is coming across a bridge and so... On the labs, you you light your lights, you the sirens. We have sirens, multiple different si- sounding sirens. Just like James said, they're very used to it. I don't know if it's ignorance. I think it's a little bit of ignorance, uh, as coupled with what James said, just too comfortable, I guess. Right? You know it. Coming Boom. across the bridge, so they're trying, <laughs> and then it's like, shit, this guy is not stopping. Light him up. So two rounds go into this jingle truck. It hits the passenger <laughs> side. The truck stops instantly. Uh, some guys dismount, go over. It ends up being a civ- two civilians that just didn't follow protocol that they know is protocol. Uh, so an innocent guy ends up getting killed. And uh, someone who passed away pulled out, uh, it later on passed away uh, from our platoon, or not our platoon. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, pulled him out, and his, I, I guess his dick fell off. Like he got a twenty-five right through his chest, and so there's like That'll meat do down it. the road. I'll do it. Yeah, and uh, the way that this was solved, from what I was told, was like a couple bags of rice and a couple sheep or something like that. And that's and it was just like, oh, that's uh, that's it. But we also had to go back to what you were saying with people pushing people in front of vehicles, which happens here. We're in Hamilton. This happens in it front happens of the in general. Toronto. Uh, in front of the hospital, people do it for insurance money, right? Uh, so it's not unheard of to hear of this shit over somewhere however, else in the world. However, I would care to venture, and I would care to question and challenge that by saying, didn't we just introduce it to him? Uh, maybe. But to go that's back... A, that's all I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think before this this started happening, before that, that started happening, that they and were that leveraging like that. Yeah, uh, for sure. I get that. So but to go back to what you were saying, though, we had a mad pit at Camp Nathan Smith. So, like, it was just outside the camp. I think I touched on it in my episode uh, that people could come and drop off caches that they have weapons caches they found, uh, ammo, weapons, suicide vests, IEDs, and these people would get cash in return. Well, our engineers started fingerprinting the people that were bringing it in, getting the cash payouts for bringing them in, and then fingerprinting the vests. And it's like, these guys are making suicide vests, bringing them to our camp to get money. So it's... And you know who the worst were? The Terps. Well, we've touched on Terps as well. You want me to touch on that? You really want me to touch on that? No, I'd love to because we have touched on it. And I, I bet you a million people have a different story on what happened with their Terps, right? I will tell you. Are we talking still uh, 04? No, Julian? no, no. Or move ahead we're, to 06. We're, we're just moving ahead. Okay? All right. Well, can we, can we like, it, 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 listen, chronicle I this? Will, I, will t- <laughs> I will tell you right now that every Terp that works with us, it would rather Dubai or, or Afghanistan is followed. Phones are jacked to the tits, like, with surveillance. 
and people are following that. To what see type of people? Our ISIS? type of people. Oh, oh, oh our, our type of people. Okay. To, to find, because I will tell you that is like literally like uh, if somebody told you to go to the corner store and there was five scratch tickets and three of them were winners, how much money would you spend? So is that like a C gyro thing? No, that's that's it, it, that's it, that is a something that comes from like a at first at first it would be int and then uh, I would say we're we're talking above that now, right? Yeah. Like uh, JTF doesn't really work that much, I don't think, uh, with uh, foreign ops, although they do have a lot of stations. Yeah. Right, just like, just like anywhere else, right? Like anything, like the Americans have stations everywhere. We have stations everywhere. Um, That's fucking. I never even thought of that. Like, because all those guys, even back then, there's still cell phones over there. Um, Jacked. Terps are Jacked. coming in with. Yeah. No, no, Jack. So, so what, so what they, happens? Like this so, turb comes into. So, a so no. If a turb comes in, and like they have to go through a process where, well, they get interviewed, right? They they get processed. They get interviewed. Like they get referenced. Like see where they're from but they're followed like, give me, they're, give me your... no no they're followed every step of the way man everywhere everywhere you're going they're because it's like i said if i told you three out of the five scratch tickets were winners right yeah you would spend 50 bucks right buying them all you see what i'm saying and by so winners can, saying i'm saying like people who are passing intel about uh us like going back to the taliban control to anybody Money, my, my money is king there. The people there, they don't grow uh, poppy fields and all this other shit and heroin because they're users. They're not users. Nobody over there uses heroin. Nobody over there uses drugs. At JKR Financial, we are dedicated to the veteran community. As a PPCLI veteran, I understand the hurdles of asking for help. You can follow us on Facebook at JKR Financial Group or if you need to contact us directly, Jurgen, J-U-R-G-E-N, at jkrfinancial.com. Enjoy the show. Helping Heroes Heal Foundation is a not-for-profit organization that unites and empowers our nation's injured heroes through their favorite outdoor activities, sport, and adventure. The Helping Heroes Heal Foundation is proud to present their first major event of the year on August 20th, 2020 at Victoria Park Valley Golf Club in Puss Lynch, Ontario. The event includes a round of golf, lunch on the course, prizing opportunities, a raffle, silent auction, and dinner following the round in support of the Helping Heroes Heal Foundation. For more details on both the event and the foundation, head to helpingheroesheal.ca. All right, so get right back onto the podcast after our nice little thunderstorm and... I think I think what what the best part is let is good timing because let's get into the 06 tour and what what that was like for you. I, I don't maybe just starting right up. There was a bit of a yeah no uh, the bit so I just I just uh, had finished tour so I had to sign a waiver to go back over. I mean uh, at the time I had a um, significant other, but because I signed the waiver to go again and again and again. she's like eh, no so i'm a single guy so like i want to go again and so i moved to charlie company um and i i did had some um 
struggles in that company uh previous tour um just you know same stuff that there is in every uh in every uh unit right there's people who don't like people and and this that and the other thing but so that was a start and it was new because they had taken all the guys um who had just come off tour and kind of split them down the middle and gave half to alpha company and half to charlie company to ramp up for this tour we want to beef it up and uh yeah, so we go on warm-up training, and we're actually, it's funny, I found some old pictures of it where, like, we had guys dressed up like Haji, right? Like, with with, with Bomb, I'm sorry, I said Haji. I just said <laughs> it again. Good. Dressed up like like uh, enemy uh, force, and, you know, they, uh, they did a really good job. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to go on tour, and uh, we start, we fly over there, we get over there, and then we uh, can't leave the base. <laughs> because, um, if I remember correctly, uh, it was because we didn't have enough tan combats for everybody. So, logistical and, nightmare? Yeah, right, right. And I'm not blaming nobody, right? Like, it. <laughs> this is the beginning of 2006. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is like our, our right at the beginning. So, we're actually stuck in the uh, bat tent which stands for big ass tent <laughs> and there is like <laughs> thousands of guys in bunk beds like staying in this tent and we're on calf in calf yeah so we're not leaving but we're doing training you know we're we're, we're training and you know you're, you're going through everything else like liberating because you know and you're going to find a mine and you're doing all that stuff and all the kind of pre-warm-up training we're doing that on calf for like I think I can't remember exact like how the duration it was but it was like about I, I would say it was about two weeks two two three weeks at least and funny enough like um you know it, most people say oh well that's you know it's no big deal it actually is right so you imagine you take a whole group of people who are trained to be ultra aggressive this is what you're going to do this is the mandate ROE changed really big time since I'd been there before to 06 and then even in 06 it got very thin as you went on but you have all these people come to go into this job and and they're geared up it's like uh, getting ready for a football game right and you're all pumped and jacked up and you have all your pre-workout stuff and then all of a sudden it's like no (laughs) hold on wait right and and sit there so there's a lot of guys who are like, oh, you know, I, I, I can't get, I can't wait to get out the wire. I can't wait to get outside the wire. Well, especially the guys that haven't yet. Like you've already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, like, yeah. Eh, it's coming. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, Dad, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. And um, sure enough, like it, it did happen, right? So. Uh, for that tour, what was your? What I I worked at headquarters. Okay, as part of battle weapons that. Yeah. No, as a platoon, platoon headquarters. No, it was just a platoon in uh, Charlie Company. Like, what was the what was your like mission then? As you guys like for like you know the KPRT, the battle group, omelet, omelet. There's nothing going on yet. No, 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 no. Uh, we were out. We were out. Uh, I remember when we first actually then when we finally left the uh, base, we were out on a patrol, like legitimately outside the wire, um, self sufficient for forty five days. It's wild to me because like for me going over with the provincial reconstruction team, like that was. We knew, like, the battle group was out there pretty much playing pokey chess. Omelette and Palma, training, mm. uh, police, and army. Yeah. 
So, like, there was very specific mandates for each group that were going out and doing stuff. But then you're, you guys were just, you're just there? Well, <coughs> but you're at the beginning Sorry. of all this. No, and, 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 that, and that's a good point, Jurgen. Is like at the but it's be- not really the beginning because, like, this has been years now, too. This and that, al- and now, that also, too, is a great point, right? But, yeah. but, like, even when we look back and you look at 2005, right, um, it's a well-known fact, Tony Blair, United Kingdom, like, said he wanted to eradicate that, right, which made it bigger. And then we go in in 06 and, like, don't really know, like, really realistically, when was the last time that uh, Canada went into a place where it wasn't, we're not going to be peacekeepers. We're not keeping the peace here. We're making the peace. We're we're going to go out and and if something happens, we're going to take care of it and and do this right. It's a, a whole social change. We had been trained a whole different way before that, right? There's enemy up the hill, four guys in gray, go get them, right? Well, you can go then you go over here and everybody wears the same. Outfit, you don't know what's going on, so it, it it's kind of a bad setup. It, it definitely, I would say that to to a, it, it's kind of like a, a catch twenty two, right? Because the army can't catch on and, and switch for everybody that quickly. They sure can for like SF guys and stuff like that because they're you know they're a little lenient on their like procedures, but they get a company to to realize what like real real fighting is and ticks it, it took it took a while and it was different you see everybody react like very differently which is wild to me to think of like but yeah it's there, what like there's no mission then really You're well like, there is, there, a, mi- like, there is the, a mission the mission is to win the hearts and minds so a lot of them, i know but that's wait, so vague too that's that's but, wild to me though sure sure <laughs> sure that's vague but let me tell you the roe was even more vaguer all right, I, I remember one time that the ROE had finally changed to if you thought at any point somebody was going to interfere with the mission, right, which you, you know, just said was vague, um, you could shoot. So, it, wow. it, it, so, like, if I thought you were coming in, but, like, nobody did, right? It wasn't like the Wild West. Everybody didn't just start shooting people. Um, that, <laughs> that didn't happen. Not the Canadians, at least. Yeah, well, yes, not us, right? Like, um, <laughs> But like, yeah, so, you know, it it was vague, it was really strange because, and like we talked about, I've been there before and there was a clear directive, a clear, you know, very clear um, uh, thing that you could see all the way down from um, uh, the officer or the CEO of the thing right down to a private would know exactly what we were doing, right? Mm Because you QRF, you know, you're on gate guard. You're protecting this camp. You're doing outward patrols to show presence patrols, yeah. so that nobody comes out the camp. All makes sense. Uh, when you know we went over later, it didn't like a lot of it didn't. Do you think that in some way it is kind of like you brought up peacekeeping, peacemaking? In a sense, it's like you guys are there because of eradicating poppy fields and stuff. Just for if things pop off, then you guys are there. Bah. Down, ready to go. Well, I mean, I got to be honest and say that if you didn't think that was going to happen, you're an absolute retard. And I mean that in the most um, harsh, cruel, and, and, and serious way. You went to a person who's not, um, they're not, they're not drug users. They don't use drugs. They don't even know what it is. And they grow this uh, product or this plant, right, the poppy fields, right, for, so that they can pay for where their kids live and where they live and have food and all this stuff, right? So when you come, 
you burn that down and you say no more and you don't leave an alternative the alternative then gets presented to you later on right they burn it well come fight come fight here right and i would care to venture i mean nobody can ever prove this but i would care to venture that some of the people we were hiding were the same people that you burned their poppy fields a year ago right i'm almost 100 percent sure right so you know, we, we, we created it, so did they know? Yes, like, sure they did, and that's probably why they wanted to have it, almost like a shield, you know? Shield the people from these people who are trying to take them and, and make them shoot guns and, like, all sorts of other things. I want to add something, because I know there's some questions getting asked. It's only from reading some of the books on this from uh, Contact Charlie. There was a time when here in the Panjoy area where the order came down from whatever the generals at the time in Bagram or wherever that was in charge to pull you guys out mm. from the area because they had SF guys going in mm. and they didn't want the crossover in there. Blue on blue. Yeah. yeah and there's already enough there. Yeah, we, the we, we had, we had already probably, yeah. uh, we had already probably had uh, way too much of that already. <laughs> one, just, one is too many. And James probably won't mention this because to pump them up a bit, but the SF didn't do so well in there and they quickly pulled them out. I think there were some losses and it was, Quickly, Charlie was put. Charlie Duncan was put back in there. Well, numbers always help. Obviously, I mean they usually operate in smaller numbers. Uh, we were like, and I think Jurgen is 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 irking at a point that I think he remembers is uh, you know after um, white school and uh, having those losses, and we had already had a lot of losses in the tour previous to that from Blue on Blue, like Robbie Costal and things like that. We were already pretty low, and, and after white school had happened, and Vaughn and, and Keller and, and Reed and all that, and uh, Dallaire died, like we pulled out, and this is when they were going to send these SF guys in, and we went to spin, and then they told us we were going right back the next day. It's like, guys don't have clean combats. They're like, covered in blood. <laughs> like, we've been at this for like eight hours, like, no joke. Like, so we're, we're kind of tired, we don't really, and then the U.S. said they weren't going in there with less than a division into Hellman, and like a division is a crap load of people. Yeah, and you so, were in there with the company. And we're, yeah, a company less though, right? You know, because we, we've now taken everybody from stores and headquarters who was in, they've been hurt. The headquarters, uh, 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 Signaler was hurt, Mooney, and then like, uh, so you have to move people around and then the guy who was the actual Jimmy came out and he started doing the headquarters signal because we didn't have anybody else to come out. I think that's a big deal. They pulled you all the way back. When you say spin, spin Boldak. Yeah. It's by the border of Pakistan. It's fucking far. It's far. That, that track up there from... It, it's very far. It's, and it's a dangerous far. track. It's a, it's a long we, So so after, culvert, so, so, so after we did that, um, we, we drove back, right? So we drove back to Spain, and we're doing that at night with the MVGs. Anybody wants to say, like, so Toronto... down MVGs. Yeah. Toronto is crazy driving. Drive a G-Wagon through Afghanistan with your night vision goggles on. That's a good point that you brought up, too, is G-Wagons. Yeah. Like, it's... For me, I never rode in a G-Wagon in Afghanistan. <clears throat> and I couldn't fucking imagine riding in a G-Wagon, because... Uh, well, like when we lost our guys and it fucked up a lav, I couldn't imagine hitting that with a G wagon. Well, and that's the, and that's the thing. I I drove a G a G wagon a lot, 
actually with uh, old Warren Glant, who um, Jurgen knows, old Ronnie. Ronnie, who we went through uh, basic together. And he was, he was also in, uh, yeah, he was also in, uh, Madak and he just a good guy, but we were driving in the, in the G wagon. And I remember one time we got back to, we were, we're going to refit. So we were going back to calf for a couple of days. So I got to take the G wagon to go take it to the mechanics. Right. Cause they got to make sure everything's okay. And I got out of the car and I'm like, you know, Ronnie's already gone. Right. Like he's like, take the, take the car and get it fixed right and we come out and like open the door and the mechanics like jesus like it's riddled like riddled, <laughs> like all over the side there's like actually one that's like kind of sticking through riddled which would have been bullets yeah and i'm like looking at where i sit in the in the driver's spot and i'm like oh my god man that would have been my kneecap like <laughs> were you guys getting smoked with rpgs then too I uh, yeah yeah no I mean there were certain positions but it was a lot of like hectic fire right like and I mean I, again we go back to like what I was just sp speaking about before about like the farmer and like being recruited to be yeah, you you could tell when you were fighting different people so if we're fighting all these guys who were um, just like farmers and stuff right so it's a lot of AKs whizzing all over the place and, yeah. and not going anywhere. When you were fighting like Chechens and and other people at like the borders and stuff, you could see the structure, right? You could feel that that like now their first shot just went by me, but their second and third shot is like literally cutting my hair off my neck, right? So, like whoever this is is not the same person that was, right? And they're fresh off a war from with the Russians. Well, I mean, they, they, that place has never stopped. That, that no, place no, has I mean, been. The Chechens have come across. Oh no, no, and like even then, like they're. It's not that they're in that. It's that they are used to that um, type of war. That they've been doing it for years over there. We, we when 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 was the last time Canada went and, and and ever got involved in that? Never, right? That was the first time. So everybody's seeing it for the first time. Yet these people are not seeing it for the first time. You're already at a disadvantage. You're in their backyard. Like, if somebody came here to Canada and decided to invade us, like, who would have the advantage? We would. We're fighting for our, our you know, our country. We're fighting in our country. Yeah, yeah. Right? It gives your mindset, like, the fact that, oh, I'm already, like, ahead of these guys. Like, a way easier to play a home game. Right. See, there you go. Home court advantage. Yeah, right. Ask the Germans and Russians about that. Huh. So, you ended up with playing a role in Altmedusa. Yeah, well, just because... at the beginning or the end of your tour? The, be the end of mine. Beginning okay. of that. Um, it's just... Uh, you know, and, and here we go again. I don't, before we get to that, uh, let's... What about uh, since it was at the end of your tour? During your tour, did you guys lose anyone? Oh, uh, tons. I uh, just mentioned uh, five I know you mentioned some names. Do you want to, like... Um, the, the specifics around it or like what happened on those days or anything you know what you don't have to obviously no uh if for the um most part that's the probably not my place um but losing people no matter it being blue on blue or uh an enemy uh force is it's doesn't make it any easier either one um it definitely changes the atmosphere within the group, though, uh, and, and like getting replacements and stuff like that, and then trying yeah. to fill those spots. Because then we were talking about it last night too. Uh, 
like an escort goes with the fallen. So it's like if you lose three guys, you're really losing six guys. And then, and then when you get those three guys back, are you getting a replacement of the other three or not? Or you know what I mean? Like that's, and that was changes the, a lot. And that was a that was an issue too, right? We had actual replacements come uh, during our tour. I remember one of their names because I I seen him again in Toronto. He lives in Toronto, um, but he was a young dude, right? Just came like legitimately out of battle school and he got to the, the company and they're like sounds familiar yeah you gotta go right and how many how many months in is he showing up to in this because this is a big deal I want to say four I, I can't remember when the tour began but it was right around Christmas time or after sounds so familiar or, 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 or after New Year's one of the two like I because like I'm thinking um, uh, Costello got killed in was April. After. was in April, so that was definitely after its turn of six. So, yeah. like, I'm trying to go back in my mind in February, March, April. I mean, it might have been February, actually, that the tour started. Uh, Archer, right? Um, but, yeah, so we're, like, three months in. We start losing people, you know, rather it be to uh, Blue on Blue or, like, actual contact stuff. and like pretty high-profile loss, too, right? female uh, Goddard yeah yeah and this is all the same tour and we're all around there because everybody's moving like uh, Alpha Company is moving all around there by the Hindu Kush for a bit and then they were down and we've moved to all every fob there I think been every fob almost I I can't remember them all I know Nathan Spinoff obviously and Rob Cosmo and those other ones in Spin Boldak but man there's just so many of them now and and that stuff, but yeah. So you start losing people. So you have these new guys come in, and like obviously, like you feel for the new guy because like how does he gain the trust that he needs to gain as quickly as possible? You know, so it, it's a tough thing. And then um, when you lose people um, like uh, Vaughn, right? Who's who's a crew commander and a sergeant and a whole crew because you you did you lost the driver, crew commander, and gunner, right? Um, how do you replace them, right? Yeah. And then so, you know, to, to go forward and answer your question about the Op Medusa, Op Archer thing, is, you know, then when they came to the end, um, like it's called a rip, you know, and for people who don't understand that, it's, you know, when the new uh, companies or battalions that are going to take over the tour and your tour is done, they rip in, you rip out, right? So you... It's a handover process. Yeah, it's the handover. And basically... Replace, replace. Yeah, no, they're coming to replace you. You're going home. You're doing your tour. But so you have to... Because of this tour, right? And this is, you know, again, <coughs> just something that came with the tour. Every time we go out, we get attacked. It's almost like they knew. that Because when that happens and you have the people who are replacing the people getting hurt at the same time now it's a logistical nightmare yeah we've talked about that before because then that touches on what we were talking about with replacements and stuff too and that's what I, something i never even thought about because it didn't happen to us because uh, i mean we lost people which is unfortunate but on the flip side fortunately it was like mids tour so you don't have that confusion it's pretty yeah. straightforward you got three months left we're just sending you another three guys kind of thing yeah um and then talking to you before that's where it gets into that gray area. It's like, well, whose guy's gonna send for what? Like, who's yeah, right? Like, say it's say it's your say it's your company who's gonna come replace my company, right? And 
uh, my company's over there and you've already sent me some people and you know we're big general sitting around <laughs> you know round table and whatever else and then uh three of your guys get hurt and you say why you know like why don't we just keep three of your guys there and and, and they already know so you know until i get somebody ready to go or no i need you to send me three like that it's uh up. yeah and it's <laughs> and i i think the conversation just takes too long too right like between yeah. the people to figure it out and so things move too fast over there to like wait right like you're 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 four days you're four days behind if you're a minute behind pretty much like you know so it yeah that in in the it makes the camaraderie hard too right i know uh especially in charlie company uh nine platoon was like had been kind of rocked by a lot like a lot and then like when they lost Vaughn and Keller and Dallaire in the that last part there that was kind of like okay you know like that's this platoon has had enough <laughs> like we're not gonna like do that but everybody had those the same thing right so it wasn't like one person was getting up or one was getting more more action than the other is just you know you're always doing something and somebody was like rather getting hurt or lost which was kind of hard like day after day after day like what you're saying is some platoon would see action then eight platoon would see action yeah it was there was no rhyme or reason to it it wasn't like you could like say okay and we drive there to that point i guarantee you there's going to be 20 people there that doesn't happen (laughs) that does that doesn't happen you know we we drove down and i remember when we drove over an id oh my god it was unbelievable. Um, we drove over this IED, which shot a hole uh, through the engine block about that big. Which and is like a, a softball size. Yeah, but a softball size for everybody. It's like kind of wondering. And uh, wow, man. And so their thing and what they do and how they were trained was they make that um, and they watch it. They observe to see how much more they need to put in. That's why then at the end, when you're starting to drive G-Wagons over the same one they put in for a lab, right? Yeah. It's going to blow it to kingdom come, right? Yeah, they're super smart. They just adapt. They adapt a lot quicker than we do because they have no process to go through. <laughs> it's like, oh, that didn't work. We're just going to pack more where we would have to go through all the administrative, the training, all that bullshit. Yeah. So they just they adapt a lot quicker than I think we were able to adapt just because of well the only the only thing like we could really adapt was the ROE and it did right like I mean I'm not saying it was the right (laughs) move I'm not saying that there was anybody out there again I'm not saying anybody was out there shooting people because that wasn't what was happening right but there there was definitely people getting shot (laughs) different (laughs) different there was ticks there was contact there was timing unprovoked yeah and this is a reason maybe just to your your major and it's right at the beginning of the book and I think this puts it into perspective of what's happening they talk about it in Contact Charlie how Major Fletcher had to write up a report or something about shooting off his correct his, his carbine correct and they're saying funny by how the end of that tour he, you're not you weren't writing up anything like how the beginning you were still following almost that Cold War process from Bosnia and everything and you guys right during that tour it flipped to well, it like just it just eventually got looser and looser, like as as it went down, it yeah. got looser and looser. Um, what was the feeling like when you guys? Well, let 
When did you guys get told about Amadou? So let's go down that path. Well, no, it was like at the rip. So we're at the end. Of, we're at the end of our tour. Uh, yeah, we're at the end of our tour, and uh, like we're we're ripping in RCR guys. <coughs> so sorry, excuse me. Pro Patria. Um, no, so like we're like, hey, you know, like in you come in the thing. We're gonna go on patrols, right? Blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. And it's super hard because you're telling them at the same time, like, like we're gonna get hit, right? Like, don't get strap in, boys. Like, you're, you know, I can't imagine how hard it would be for them to come like off, pretty much off the plane, get in, see their replacement, go out with them, and you're getting rocked. You know, you have two crew commanders in the in the in the lab. Like, you say that though, and I bet you there's a lot of civilians that expect that that's exactly what it's like. Like, you get off the plane and you're going right at it, and it's. But and it can happen, and I, I get it. But but again, it's like when we're talking about live section attacks, and I, you know this, and Jurgen, you know this. But like for the regular person, Derek probably doesn't know this, is that it takes time to form a cohesive unit. Yeah. And so when this person who I you don't you. know is coming from Petawawa into the circle of all the guys that you've been there, now you're. Yeah, let's air quote it. You're hard because you've been through this tour. And Battle hardened. Yeah, and you're you adding a mechanized component to it, also. But but also, what you're not thinking is, is like there's a lot of guys who already had problems by then, yeah. right? You know, after guys had seen their best friend, they they've been in like the military for 15 years with get killed, and it's near the end. It's like almost shut off mode, right? Yeah. So then, are you getting a true turnaround? But like again so you're going out and there's rockets firing you know there's there's you know IEDs it doesn't stop so then you know you start losing they start losing their people and it's just like so I, so the average listener not average the civilian listener um, the way that it works we talked about ripping and how it's a handover process so the way that it works it doesn't just happen where it's like okay a new company is coming in the whole company comes over the old company does a process of showing you everything and, and laying the ground the way it's staggered. So yeah, it's usually a usually it's a seamless transition, right? Well, there's it's, like an advanced you know, group that comes in, intermingles like the leadership, so they see the area of operation uh, and, and important jobs. Like if you're the signaler and stuff like that, you're usually there first, and because so you got a lot of work to do. How many guys for that advanced uh, rip came with you guys? Do you think? Oh, uh, quite a few because like. Uh, we were uh, low on comms guys because I actually at one point had to be like our platoon signaler because um, so that's got to be hard then where it's like I know with our uh, advanced rip we had like the chief came like it was a small group of people where they could just we could sprinkle them in almost and unfortunately a lot of guys coming that's got to be a lot hurt and, and unfortunately let's be honest like too like when the advance party comes over and it's the officers stuff like that unfortunately and it's no disrespect <laughs> it's no disrespect to, to any of them and i mean this in a hundred percent way but they're not the ones doing the job that is a huge part. Yeah. So, like, as you are in these situations where you need people to do the job and you're losing the people that are getting the job, you're getting people who are not those people coming in. This okay. is what created the problem. That makes a lot of sense to me because, it, like, to, to, to put it into some perspective, it's like having your leadership who aren't the boots on the ground pretty much, they're... Your leadership stays, the new leadership comes in, and when the new leadership comes in, they're taking guys that are the boots on the ground so that they can see 
the area of operation and stuff like that. So it's, but then those guys are typically going to stay within a fob or a camp anyways. Like it's, they're... Absolutely. And, and there was ones that went out on, on, on the rides and stuff like that. And that's great. But like, you're not going to let them, you're, you're not letting them go in yeah, the, the, into the mist. <laughs> you know, like. The private corporal that was laying down in a two-way firing range holding it down now this guy is stepping in you're he you, you probably don't want him to go out no but like he, and you're and you're and you're not really like i mean you know at the time I'm, I'm not even you know even when i retired i was never at the level where i was the one making that call but yeah. if i was i wouldn't let them go either mm-hmm. i i need them to go out and see it but i don't need them to be down there in it right but then that, that, that's where the handover and stuff was tough because you know then you have all these guys going out again like then you have finally have a platoon right of rcr guy okay perfect right they got their own lab and off they go and they got their own like, boom hit <laughs> okay that lab's gone like you i gotta say like i never thought about it until i just mentioned it right now but the mechanics and the people who were working on cat like stress like our huge mechanics didn't stop working either did ours and they never stopped and they were going 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 but like you know you think about that stuff and and, and i'm sure most of uh, some of those uh labs weren't clean as as well as they should have been right so yeah we have yeah. Yeah. but i gotta add something in here just maybe a, a new thing for the show is just a glossary of terms some sometimes new terms come up that you use that us older veterans don't know <laughs> yeah because we were in the cold war era and this maybe pulls into what we're talking about how much it, things flipped on your tour a two-way firing range oh <laughs> oh so firing range I, i've been on a one-way <laughs> yeah so you want the definition of a two-way firing range? i thought it was pretty self-explanatory it, it, yeah so did i but i i'll give the definition for this one i love it uh two-way firing range is when you are throwing bullets downrange and they are coming back yeah, <laughs> you, not, not those ones specifically not just specifically yours but uh, someone else is trying to there's someone you. else's yeah it's it's a lot different um you know, especially to be in that because, you know, you go and you practice on a range and, you know, remember when we do the run-ups, right? And you're going to run up to 100 and then lie down and find you, you better shoot that. You know, it's great, but, yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> well, you said something. We were at a range. This is going back. James and I, uh, about three years ago, we go to the range and there's a bunch of civilians with us and there's another brother, PPCLI, and someone said something and you go, perceived to hit a target you said it's a whole lot different when that target's shooting back at you yeah of course <laughs> man uh, like uh, yeah. I think adrenaline for one I, it, that's it and I and you know it's funny you bring that up here because I wasn't really talking about yeah, I'm talking about me I talk about like the minute you get shot everything changes everything changes everything changes you find out right then and there and I guess this is like the the big uh, masculine male thing right um is that you find out what you're made of, what the pudding, what the pudding, which who's got the pudding filling, right? You find like, out a lot about the other people too. Like there's, yeah, no, there's it, literally look, grown men that end up pissing and shitting themselves in those situations. I, I have seen, fing- I've, I've, I've seen fingernails legitimately bleeding from just trying from to dig, trying to dig get down. as far as they <laughs> could get just down. Get low. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know how how. You know, and I think, like, how hard is it to be there and, and, you know, have these problems and, you know, have all this stuff going in your mind? Imagine if you're the leader. Right? Imagine well, you're the sergeant or the, you know. We had a warrant officer that was with us that we had two of them, actually, 
uh, both, you know, to be a warrant officer, you have to put in some time oh, to get yeah. to that rank. Or you have to be tour. super good. Never been on tour, uh, either of them. And then when, when our guys got hit, we lost our guys, all of a sudden there was injuries. Uh, my back, my knees, and then, but the, those guys are still there. And it's like, now you're just sitting at the camp pretty much while we're going out. And it's, there is, there is one that, there is some, some negative stuff. <laughs> Poor guy, but... Um, but like that's you find out that oh I broke my own couch god damn it uh, <laughs> so wait, I, I I really hope that that's in the podcast I really hope that's in the podcast hey but we're getting into something that's really big here because when you go back over the wars you would get shot for treason you would get shot for things that you that were caused by shell uh, shock but where I'm going to go with that is the reason and I agree with this why you don't do that anymore sooner or later that shell shock is a hundred percent like you can't that's what the stats are like. i mean if we are if we're really gonna go into this like this could be a whole another podcast about what you're talking about yeah, like 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 is. things things have things have changed too right um i don't know if you've ever heard of stop loss um that happened in the states yeah. it's a back it's it's basically a backdoor draft where yeah. guys were if done they're bringing you back they're, you're done your contract and then they forced them to go back to Iraq like I, I get like that we have come a long way with mental health and recognizing and everything like that and unfortunately I still am a, I'm about 95% with the flux capacitor when I get the other 5% I'll go back and change it but until then right you can't change time right and on, we treated the people who had like that stigma awful right um well, unfortunately I unfortunately i, I think unfortunately. there's a big difference though like when you're overseas so i also it moves another, fast I, I know another company that uh there is guys that would come back and go talk to the like on their their uh, hlta and then talk to the padre and not go back yeah and it's like i i'd rather see that than uh there was one warrant officer who they got into a heavy fire i wasn't there so uh you're just talking heavy, about a story you heard well i was like right. It's Maybe a little bit more. That I was kind of there. You know? Okay. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> so it's very reliable. Second, um, second wave. Second wave. Yeah. yeah so uh, when they came under contact, the warrant officer froze, and like standing there, and then a sergeant had to pull him down. But then afterwards, doesn't want to go outside the wire. And from my perspective, is if that's the case, then you got to get sent back home, and someone needs to fill that role. Because either way, that role is being filled. Um, but like, like you're just. You're taking up space you can't, at that point. You, you can't have people who are using useful air that exactly. are, that are there. That's that scenario. No. Your troops are going to know who's... No, well, it's, this, it's, this guy got treated like shit. Like, there was stuff written yeah. all over camp, pissed in his camel pack. Listen, I, I mean, I, I, I lived through the points where there was ports where there was rounds being left on people's pillows, right? Like, I'm not gonna lie. There's times where I was like, I, I like, I don't even want to go outside the wire anymore. Every time I'm driving over a culvert, I'm puckering my ass. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think skinny. So if I get shot out of the air hatch, then I'm, hopefully I can survive. So can I uh, just switch this? But I know how crazy to have that. Like to remember that 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 was actually like a daily process. Right? Like <laughs> I'm not, I, I remember not thinking like, oh, do I want to get up in the morning and like go out and work out? No, I'm like trying to figure out how I make myself skinnier even though <laughs> I've eaten way too many jelly donuts and my plates are wide. Yeah. <laughs> and uh it causes root canal. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? So <laughs> 
um yeah so it, it's funny to think about that but that yeah that's real life then that's real life then yeah, for sure so james on get into this um, you can tell me where to go on this but your platoon commander on 06 um, john was, yeah, schneider was, yeah was john schneider and he was quite a big part of that that tour i believe well he's uh i i get and everybody knows this you get good ones you get bad ones right I mean, it's just life, right? Like sometimes it works out. Sometimes it John was a great leader. He was, uh, you know, he was a great platoon leader. He was a guy's guy. He he'd do the work. He's one of those guys who would like reach up there and grab it first. So, yeah, and he was, you know, he's always there. He's a uh, pretty gung ho. And we got over there the first little bit, and then it kind of. It was good that he, like, I mean, whoever did this was smart. Teamed him with like having a platoon more like Ronnie, oh, yeah, right? Him and Ronnie. B- b- well, Sounds like my my captain. Yeah, it's you know, it's just a it was a good fit. Unfortunately, uh, John died uh, on tour in two thousand eight, and if you remember, it was he fell down a well. Oh fuck! Yeah, yeah, and so you know you think to yourself, and you like. <laughs> your first um uh your first thought is uh why didn't you uh why didn't you say right like and you're kind of like whatever and even though you, you you've heard the story you're like what why didn't you do anything or jump down there but in reality had they uh jumped down there it uh they would have been that too right so but so with when tom passed uh, hearing all the stories about Tom where he's like he's been in so many heavy firefights heard of a story where like he was laying down suppressive fire over platoon like saving guys and stuff and then uh, and then he gets blown up and you're like did you have that too where it's like you've fucking gone through all this and then oh, that's the way you go over there it's like and we didn't even get to fire a shot back or anything it's like you feel like you I don't know it's a, it's a weird process to go through there's a lot of thoughts that go through it where I felt like you know, we just like wasted this like amazing soldier like there's like how well i mean in uh, you talk you talk like that it kind of makes me think about uh what we're going through now with uh people in suicide right like that would that's where i feel like if you've even gone over to afghanistan for five minutes you know and you've you've had some problems like that and, and you come back i i feel like you know it's a it's a tough thing for me to take that way because I think the same way is like after you have gone through all of this like you battled to get somewhat close to back to home and that's like why would you you never end up fully back at home I know there's unfortunately and like anybody says like yeah you're always going to leave a part of you somewhere especially when you're doing that kind of stuff I mean you never come home whole ever price is paid for experiencing that Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's the way it is. You can't, nobody can say that they, uh, uh, I mean, even if they went to um, Afghanistan, let's say, in 2004, and it was the coffee run, right, or whatever, you still see the kids, right? You Culture still, you still, that. yeah, you still see the pornists, you still see them hanging meat outside the doors and the flies flying all over the place and shit like that, right? Like, you see all that, and you can't just, 
erase that out of your mind, right? And I mean, for some people, it's harder, right? I know guys who came back and were so legit pissed about like waiting, like gas or, or you know, stuff like that, or, or they find their own thing or they're mad at their kids because their kids are asking for crayons, right? That was a big thing for me. And, and I agree. And it wasn't my kids, it was like other kids. When I first got back, you remember Lex Burgers? Oh yeah. Shit? yeah. Oh yeah, 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 that was good stuff. Great burgers. Yeah. The Straf Stratford guys saying no. Uh, the, the great burgers. That it's because they didn't them. have vanilla milkshakes. <laughs> Soft vanilla Soft. milkshakes. We'll, uh, we'll get into that in a little time. We'll stay with James' story. Right yeah, now. yeah. Uh, uh, so shortly after, I should get my mom on and talk about what it was like when I was over there and came back, but. Uh, it was. I, I swear, it was during that time frame when you get off to go back home. When you come back, I think it was during that period of time. And we were at Licks, and there's all these kids running around. And I was just like, and like, just not listening, and like, it just fucking sent me from zero to 100 super quick to the point that I had to leave. And uh, and there was a long period of time where it was like kids. Like you asking, got 18 choices of ice cream, and you can't be. Yeah, happy here like you can't fucking pick one. Like. At least you got some ice cream, kids. Yeah, no, at least yeah, you're like, ro- at least you're rolling with some ice cream here. So, well, like we're we're super spoiled uh, here as well. Like I, now, I look at myself and I'm like, I I whine about a lot of shit. Oh, I, I'm a whiner. I'm but like, like when you come back at oh. first, it's that it's a hard transition. <coughs> what? Me whine? Oh, it's so hot on this golf course. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? I'm Fucking sweating. bugs on this golf course. First, 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 first world problems. First yeah, world yeah, problems. Yeah. Um, no, but I get, I get it. You're right. Like, and that's a, I, I mean, I, I never had kids either, uh, and I don't have kids, right? So, um, why, I, why can't you have kids? Uh, I got shrapnel in my groin. Let's talk about that. I know. You don't want to? No, I'm okay. I'm already broken my, my, my penis and my coccyx, which is your ass bone. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm okay with talking about I just don't the really ass, want to talk about it. The ass bone wasn't uh, duty related, though, was it? Uh, uh, well, depe- de- depends depends how you look at it. <laughs> Hard emphasis on the duty. It, yeah. but the, that's why you do so much about Madeline's uh, being a pelvic health and yeah, 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 yeah. I know that because because of that stuff. And I mean, even without the injuries or any of that other stuff, there's still other parts uh, that bother, like personally bother me more than 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 I guess some people would think because they don't really think about it. But as working like T Triple C and and working as a kind of a medic, so to speak, a, an active medic who shot a gun too, is I worked on a so lot of Afghans. This is a good thing to get into what that is. Tactical combat casualty care. Yeah, so I think I went on the first, the very first one, right? We had a budget the size of like, I don't know, it was insane. It was insane. Enough to, to buy live pigs, slit them open and pour some We water. blew up cows. <laughs> we repelled out of choppers. Like, well, I, that's a lot of tactical combat. There w- yeah, there was no joke. It was <laughs> So you're yeah. repelling out of a chopper to go fix this cow. Yeah. Uh, and like, what a Gucci goat. And pigs were like cut up on blood everywhere. And like, Good go collie. Well, I know, right? <laughs> Just right place, right time, man. I put my hand up, right? Who has a bike license? Oh, I do. <laughs> like, yeah. Who likes ice cream? I was like, I was like awesome, right? I volunteer for nothing. But yeah. it's kind of funny because it was, uh, you know, just after the fires. And like, I, I, I'm going to get like this Gucci course, right? I'm getting this Gucci go, right? And I went over to One Field Dam and I'm. Where's One Field Dam? 
It, it is like in Edmonton on Lancaster base. Uh, it, so it's part of the, the right when I say third division, right? Oh, uh, yeah, battle okay. group. But it's part of that big. No, it's part of the battle group. So we have everything, right? Like when, when you look at Lancaster Park, it's just any, like anywhere, like Petawawa. You know, you have one VPs here, three VPs on the opposite side. Right? <laughs> Those boys away they, from they each other. They do that for a reason, right? <laughs> Meet for broomball in the middle. And in between, in, the in between us down the street is the engineers, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Stratconas, like, and then Field Dam's over here, Comms is over here, and like it's all over the place up in Lancaster. But so I like, you know, I had to wake up. I didn't wasn't going to uh, to to report either because this course was so important, right? It, I could not show up to work first. I had to show up there first, right? So about how many people went on that? Just out of curiosity. Ooh, on the first one, I think it was like about 15. Oh, so that's pretty cool. And there was only like uh, three uh, infanteers too. Like I think there was three, three or four, which was weird. So which would be the most practical guys to have it. Yeah, I would have thought there was more, but they no, no, they had like a lot of engineers actually, which which, that just, makes sense that, which when I thought about it after made more sense to me because I was like, hey, you know, like he, we're fighting. <laughs> yeah, we're fighting. They're probably like they could do that, right? But then, um, yeah, we, we worked with the doctors. We learned how to like do tracheotomies and like with pens and like everything, everything. What's your confidence right now if you could do a tracheotomy with a pen? I'm gonna say, find out. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna honestly say uh, since I've had one Pompeii, which is gonna make me look like a vanilla soft man right now, but it's, it was the coldest drink in the in the fridge. I would say I'm sixty five percent. Okay. Give, a, give him another Pompeii, and it's ninety five percent. No, no. <laughs> yeah. The shakes are gone. <laughs> yeah. If I have if I have two, if I oh that now Dean's gonna really think that he's right. Um, if I have two, yeah, my my hands get shaky. No, I would say sixty five, just because uh, my hands have gotten a, a lot shakier um, since. And I mean, you, you don't practice, you know. It, uh, but you it's don't pretty. Use it, you lose it. It's pretty. It's pretty easy. It's like right here, and then you just stick that pen right in. And you're doing that because there's no... Because they're, like, because I can't get their airway here, right? Like, so there's an MPA that's, like, a nostril uh, assist, right? And there's an OPA goes in your mouth, right? So it's, like, a little kind of plastic thing. So if you have, like, face injuries or something like that and you're having a hard time breathing, if I can jam it down your nose, it's, a, like, I want to say that's a foot and a half. Yeah. About. about uh, um, so it's, like, a rubber tube. And you like lube it up, and like, yeah. but what I, you That's know, how you got your ass listen, injury too. Let me, yeah, <laughs> seriously, it's how I broke my cocks. No, uh, they, uh, it's funny because when they first, when they first give you these things in the classroom, they, you got to put them in, like in yourself. Oh, oh yay! Yeah, so, so like lube, lube it up, right? Ah, and I remember because I remember. I was sitting uh, oh. next to my buddy Jody, and he looks at me, and he's all—he's also—he's in one VP with me too. He's in, we're in the same company. Right? He's like, he's like, how the, f how are we gonna lube this up, right? And he's like, exactly, because if you're out in the, and this is the instructor, right? If you're out in the middle of Afghanistan and you gotta do this, what are you gonna use? So like Jody, Jody being the guy, and he changed, and he actually went to two VP because he's a country boy, so he likes that stuff. He just. <laughs> <laughs> on his head, wiped it down the thing and jammed it in. I was like, oh. <laughs> so like the feeling of this thing, it feels like it's in the middle of your chest by the time you're done. You're like, oh, oh, oh. and the mouth one's not much better, right? Because it's actually plastic. So you can't just jam it in there. 
Because it'll take no, because it'll it'll push your tongue. Back. I'm just super immature, and I'm always thinking. Yeah, I know. I, I know. What I know what you're thinking. <laughs> That's but, what she said. Right? But you gotta watch the tonsils. No, you gotta watch the tongue because if you just jam it in there, right, it's gonna push the tongue back into their airway. You have to hook the tongue, come behind it. It's like this. It looks like kind of like that. A hook, like, like a hook, a, like a hook with his finger, like a hook yeah. in my finger, and you go underneath, right, and you pick it up, and then you put it down the throat. Wow. So then it sits. The tongue sits underneath it right it's it, it's crazy stuff but like the thing that bothered me is like a lot of times even working on guys that were canadian that's great right because like I'm, I'm you know i'm i'm right there but then like we have to work on afghans too right yeah, and it's it, something it, you don't think about it's it, it, it was really convention it was really really difficult um and not just Afghans, like you would have to work on Taliban. That's what I'm talking about. Like a a Afghans weren't too bad. I, re I mean, I remember the first time I ever seen somebody just, just knowing like too far gone. And that was hard, but it was, you know, they, they hit the car, they hit the lab. So they were pretty much toast as it was. So that was easy when you're working on people like who don't speak your language and you're trying to tell them not to move because... Yeah. They have a bullet in their thigh that I'm trying to pull out, right? Like, and I'm trying to save your life, you know. I, I'm so like, I actually had to start learning how to like say certain words to them, like stop, still, you know, and like stuff like that. The only that. thing I remember is shut his eye. Yeah, agua, agua, agua. <laughs> yeah, that's you. Oh, agua, that's a oh, water, right? water, water. Yeah, yeah. water. Mister, 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 give me aqua. Aqua and pens. Yeah, pens. Pen, 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 pens. pens. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So like working on them, it was really difficult. And then you don't also know too. Like some people, for some people that you work on, they'd be gone, right? Like even for Canadians, let's say, or if it was uh, an American or anything, right? They're up and then they're back to calf. And if they're super hurt, then they're off to Germany, right? Yeah. Don't see them ever again. So you, right? so you don't get any closure on what you were working. No. On, no. Which someone not involved in it. You're like, oh, well, you're doing your job, but it is a big deal. You want to know. And at the time, I was just like, okay, yeah, bye. Like, the chopper's gone, right? Like, the nine liner sent in, chopper's gone. Like, that guy's gone. I'm back to shooting, right? I'm back to pop, 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 and right? do whatever. But yeah, eventually later on, I would be like, huh, you know, I wonder how that guy did it. Like, I wonder if they took his leg off because, like, it, yeah, it looked kind of bad. It's the thing, though, over there, right? Things move so fast. Oh, even like I remember when we lost our guys and it was December 13th but then like at Christmas which is obviously the 25th uh, it's a lot it in December like eh? so long, it's a lot, a lot of IEDs right with yeah. the winter time yeah um, was December John too it was John, yeah. was, it was John busy it was December yeah I was looking it up I like it is a bad month we also have bad months uh, April is a is a bad month. August is no August is a September terrible is no month. Like, you know, like, I, I, but I mean, for different reasons. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, all it's for. A, it's like, yeah, the winter time is all about IEDs. A fuck ton of IEDs. It's, we would get ten liners all the time, like da daily, and multiple ten liners. Like you'd be wrap up one IED, and then it would be like another ten liners came in. And you're like, God damn it, I wanted some goddamn Spunkmeyer muffins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're. You're you're getting you're getting good on the old chicken sandwiches from Burger King, right? Hey, I wasn't at Cap. I, I was at CNS for two weeks and then the Fox for two weeks. Man, I'm not, it was I, good though. It's June seventh. Oh, June June seventh. I'm I'm terrible with dates, man. The other December. I I June. yeah, the other December, June. No, I knew it's the seventh because like my birthday's on the seventh, but I so usually forget when that is. Matt's tour came in after John's. Yeah. 
Yeah. There we go. Just so we get the um, chronological, chronological yeah, yeah. stuff yeah. on the right. I Like I said, I'm terrible with dates. I c- couldn't tell you what I did uh, two days ago. <laughs> we, got, uh, we got to wrap here soon. Yeah. Like almost two hours. All right. Um, that happens yeah. with Collie's episodes. Yeah, we'll have Collie's yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. let's. Cool. Okay, so a big oh, thing yeah. is like uh, we, we want to talk about stories like behind the scenes and stuff, but then a big part is uh, transitioning and post life, post service life. Uh, and we know that you uh, do work with VTN, so maybe you could talk on that. Yeah, so like uh, VTN is, stands for Veterans Transition Network. Uh, I care that anybody um, out there is like, oh, I wonder what that, what that is. Go to vtncanada.org. Or message Collie. Or message me. I'm up till 4 o'clock in the morning usually. <laughs> and I, I usually wake up grumpily around 9, right? So... Um, no, it's, uh, I went on the Veterans Transition Network and um, people are always, always, always asking me, like, uh, what, did, you know, what do they work on? Well, they actually work on whatever it is that's kind of holding you up. So I've seen people come in there and work with their addictions, which is great. I've seen people come in there and work with work, uh, like family issues. Um, uh, uh, when you say holding you up, like almost keeping you back. No, like, yeah, yeah, from from life, right? just just yeah. from life. I'm not I'm not saying like you know what happened in uh, your career or anything like that. And 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 yes, there there could be parts of your career that are spoken about, but it's not about that. It's about transitioning now. Like, where are you at? What's holding you up? And what do you think is your biggest obstacle? And let's try and get through that. Um, you know, it's uh, 10 days, uh, the course. They have a, a veteran transition program where it's 10 days. Unfortunately, with COVID and everything going on right now, they're uh, at least canceled the courses till next year, till after January. So there will be no fall courses. Uh, what are what requirements are there to participate in that? Be a veteran. That's it. That's all. I believe RCMP is included in that. Um, uh, right now, yeah. Um, I think in certain places, like it just all depends on on funding. But it is the Veterans Transition Network, yeah. and I understand that. And a lot of people always say to me, "Ooh, what about you know these people?" I, I get it. I have I I have a ton of other resources for people who are RCMP corrections and also just just. You know, just and no, no, first responders and just civilians too. I I know tons. This is just the one that I work with because, like we've already discussed in this life, right? I've, you know, I've been with my parents. I've been around the military all my life, and so I'm not going to change that. I I like it. You know, I like I like being able to meet guys, and I've met some super special people because of that course. Um, and I've had some great opportunities. I've had some certainly challenged myself. Uh, which which put me in places I didn't want to be, mm-hmm. but uh, I was there, and uh, you know, um, yeah, I I think it I, th- I think it's a course that everybody um, should go to. I mean, if you have to choose one, I mean, choose the one that's closest. But ten days is kind of one of those things where it's it's quick. You know, you don't you don't have to be on an impatient away from your family, and you know you get weeks off in between to implement the stuff and say, oh, this works or this doesn't work, right? You know. What would you say to someone who a veteran? Because this is something I hear a lot. Uh, I don't want to fill a spot for someone else who would need it more than I do. Well, then you're selling yourself super short, because there's a spot for everybody. Um, you know, I unfortunately, like again, like I said, COVID with. Uh, you know, backing stuff up is, is terrible, but we usually run, at least in Ontario alone, we run four programs a year. 
that's going to boost up too. Um, we're also uh, moving forward with having uh, people in regional like places, kind of some what Soldier On just did, right? You know, with having a regional people everywhere to ensure that there's follow up. Hey, just to yeah. to kind of wrap wrap it up, good. Is there? Do you want to leave an email address if people want yeah, to? Yeah, like socials and emails. Absolutely. absolutely. I'm not a huge uh, Facebook person, but if you do message me on Facebook and say, hey, you know, I heard that the podcast, I want to know more about the VTN, I will 100% return your message. Um, if you want to email me, it's super easy. It's Jimmy Collie, like so J-I-M-M-Y-C-A-W-L-E-Y at hotmail.com. Also, go on vtncanada.org. Uh, there's another guy, Patrick Thomas, who is just one of the most interesting people I've ever met. He's an ex-Vietnam vet, and uh, he lives in Quebec. We tried having him on here. We're, it's going to work. We'll get him. <laughs> he, is, he is a busy dude. No, we, no, I wasn't technical. that. It was, yeah, because oh. he's, he's out in the country. His area. internet's not good. Oh, he, I've, been to, I've, been to his, I've been to his house. It's yeah. out there. Yeah, like and, he, with, and with COVID, we haven't been able to meet up. His, literally, his backyard is half in Canada, half in the States. All right. So, yeah. um, any tips for the golfers out there? Uh, <laughs> keep it in keep the your keep your head down and let her rip. Yeah. So we've got, we've got a, yeah, yeah. as part of the fun of balls videos, out, balls out, balls this deep. This podcast has led to us having a, a, a weekend golf tournament between all four of us, which is kind of nice. Well, today is a money day, so I'm ready. You got black I'm pants, in- though, Matty? I might be a little cold out there. Oh, it's just cold in here, buddy. I know. Uh, it I is know. frosty in here. We- soft. <laughs> Wonderful. Speaking of wrapped up. Yeah, Jürgen is his blanket. Jürgen is literally wrapped up, and he does the uh, final plug for for a given review. Let's hear it. Let's hear the spiel. From the blanket. From the blanket. From inside the blanket. It's From really inside the, the whoopee. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Tough, tough, tough crowd to finish it up with. Yeah, look, um, it, I really, if you're listening to this, it's a call to action to our audience. It just, if you can go on, leave a review on, on the Apple uh, podcast area, under the podcast, uh, reviews are really great because it, it pumps us up in the, uh, in the Apple rankings, which is going to help other veterans find the show. And so if, if you're liking it, it's a way you can give back, back to the show is by sharing that out. And, um, James Collie, he really means that. Like, if you're if you're a veteran out there and, and you're wondering, like, you know, some of us think we don't have any problems. Maybe we do. Maybe you just got to reach out to him and call. Um, we'll make sure that he's or you contact him through email or messenger. We'll have his info up on our uh, on our socials. So, um, thanks yeah, and, and nothing's nothing's too big. Nothing's too big. And and just <laughs> and just and just because you my mind again. Yeah, it's just because it's just because it's like the VTN too. I've I've actually experienced a ton of treatment places, uh, Homewood, Saint Anne's. I you know I got I got T-shirts, all sorts of things, but I've also gone through pills and now with medical marijuana. So I've kind of experienced uh, the pendulum that everybody's ready to think. And I only pull for my own, and I don't make decisions for people. So you want to send us off with a quote? Um, <laughs> like this is you, yeah, I got I got a I got a perfect one. You you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take since we're in Bradford, and uh, that's from the man himself, uh, <laughs> Joe Murphy's cousin. Yeah. All right. Perfect. All right.